Good afternoon. Welcome to Cone and Kruger. That's Larry Kruger. I'm Grant Cone. We got a fairly news-packed episode today. The Niners signed a guy, two guys. One of their guys left. We're going to get to all the news, but the most important news of the day is that Larry and I advanced in the 49ers <laughs> content creator March Madness pool. Who did you beat? Uh, Jennifer Lee Chan. Oh, she's that's big. She's great. I beat big. David Lombardi, which I thought was a huge upset. I was. Think, How did you? He's, take, got, so, did you have a, he's got like a hundred thousand followers on Twitter, but I won. So me and you, I beat him, and I don't know by I don't know how, but you and I are now facing off. So oh, you can geez. vote. Oh, oh, voters of this show can vote. That's oh. pretty fun. I would vote for Larry. Larry's better than me. Larry's the OG. Oh, don't, oh, no, 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 look at that. Vote for look Larry. That. Vote That's for Larry. Just moving the book. <laughs> he's like voting twice over here. <laughs> That's vote true. All right, it's uh, enough self promotion for. I, I think it's, I think it's. Uh, this thing has been mismatched that we're meeting in the second round like this. I know I mean, this should it's have been a regional fair. final. I would think so. We got to talk yeah. to the schedule makers. This is horseshit. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the Niners signed John Feliciano today. Yeah. This guy was a, he was a starting center for the Giants last year. The three years before that, he was a starting guard for the Bills. He's a vet. What do you think of it? One year deal. What do you think? Well, I first of all, I've loved this player a long time. I, I think this guy's a, a, one of my favorite players um, going way back. I mean, I liked him at Miami. Um, I don't know if you know this this kid's story, but his story was incredible. I mean, his mom sadly battled breast cancer throughout all of his high school years. His home, his family home was condemned. He had to go from house to house. Um, it was just incredible. And then he goes to Miami, um, and he plays there for five years. And fights his way to the NFL without being the greatest athlete, but this guy's just tough. And as you know, um, he, he's a good pass protector. You can play him at center. You can play him at right guard. I, I just think it's quality veteran depth um, with, you know, the, the trait that I think is the most important in the offensive line is just pure toughness. And that's what this guy has. He's a tough, you know, tough old Italian guy who will fight you in a phone booth. And he was a really good pass protector this last year for the Giants at center. Um, he played good years with the Raiders, good years with Buffalo. I like it. It gives them protection against Brendel in, an injury, uh, protection at both guard spots. You know, you can't – this isn't the answer at tackle. But, right. yeah, I really like this ad addition. I don't know what they paid for him, but Feliciano's a good, tough veteran who will fight. And if Brendel or Burford wind up starting over him, they will be better for it because he's going to compete with them. Yeah. It seems, so do you think that this most likely is a Daniel Brunskill replacement? Brunskill signed a two-year deal with the Titans. He's younger. I would think that Feliciano is cheaper on a one-year deal, but he has a lot of starting experience too. Is, is, this, is this sort of a one-for-one? I think, yeah, but I mean, Feliciano's quite a bit better than Brunskill. Okay. I mean, Brunskill, okay. Brunskill's, um, you know, good, good pass, pass protector, but didn't give you hardly any movement in the, That's never true. gave you much pop in the run game. This guy's no. more of a run game. This guy, this guy's bigger. He's 325. He's more physical and he's more of a road grader. I, I like the, this helps their run game up the middle quite a bit. Well, let me ask you this. Is it possible that he'll start at right guard and Spencer Burford will move out to right tackle? I think that may be asking a lot of Spencer Burford, but I think that okay. it's very likely yeah. that Feliciano might become the Brunskill 
who shares time with Burford right. at right guard. Yeah. Right. Because they, they need to figure out a way to, to not figure out, but they need to be able to run to the right. Last year, I think they ran left more frequently than any team in the league. And I, you can't be a dominant run team if everyone knows which way you're going. So if he could come in and help that run game to the right, that would be great. He, it's not going to be uh, McKivitz. I mean, he he was top 10 ESPN pass block win rate um, among centers, which is a little surprising because I think of him more as a strong run blocker, but he had a 95% win rate as a pass protector at center. Um, but yeah, he's I think he's he's broader. Th- he's a lot wider than uh, than Brunskill. Brunskill is maybe one of the smartest offensive linemen I think I've ever talked to. I mean, he's just I was shocked when I interviewed him how smart he was and how detailed he was. But Feliciano is definitely going to be a better run plugger, much more physical offensive lineman. Yeah, I can't see the Niners benching Spencer Burford if they look at him as their future at right guard for a one-year, for a vet on a one-year deal. So I kind of see this as Daniel Brunskill replacement. But as you you look at it as a Daniel Brunskill skill improvement. So that's... Oh, I think it's definitely an upgrade. I'd be, I and you know, Brunskill was good for what they needed him for, and he's a technician. And but I mean, Feliciano, wait till you. I mean, Feliciano's a much he's wider big. guy. Yeah, um, he's going to be harder to get around. And I think he's and the stronger. Niners need some large offensive linemen. They got to block Jordan Davis this year. It's a big D lineman in the league. They got to in the NFC among yeah the yeah contenders. So. And if you lose Brendel to an injury, at least you got a 325-pound veteran who's done it before and not just, well, maybe Zakel, maybe Poe, you know? Right. So I think think it's a good move. It seems like Kyle Shanahan would rather not have a rookie center. It seems like that's kind of a position he wants a vet who preferably knows his system. Yeah. You don't, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a cerebral position. You're making a lot of the line calls and, you know, you're sliding protections and, you know, you don't want to take a chance with somebody who you don't, you know, that's, that's still learning the craft. So I think that's, that's, that's the area where if they're going to air with a veteran over a rookie, they do. Ace Nong 29 says, thank you for keeping us sane, waiting for the season to start amazing content. Oh yeah. This is when the real pros make their, make their hay right here. The off season. It's not easy. Uh, Burford and McKivitz sharing right tackle Feliciano at right guard. Possible. The way you describe Feliciano makes me feel like don't count him out as a potential starter. They could use a a good right, a good big run blocking right guard. I don't I think mean, that's going to be Burford. Yeah, I mean, is Burford's quick foot quickness enough to play him at right tackle? <clears throat> I don't know, but I'll say this: I'd like to know now. Now you got an option. Now you got Feliciano yeah. who could play right guard. And you could move Burford out to maybe the answer is that Ciano gives you another body, and that Burford, McKivitz, Jalen Moore, you know, Zakel, maybe they're all in the running for that right side of the offensive line in different spots. You've seen Burford in person, yeah. I mean, you're in the locker room. To me, he looks like a tackle. He's got length. He's six five. He 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 looks like he. I don't know if he could. He played. T- he looks like a tackle to me. So I don't know. Right tackle. He he's probably a better athlete than McGlinchey. I'd like to see what it looks like. And you and you know the thing about Spencer Burford, he's like this really conscientious hard worker. So if they said to him, "Hey, you know, get get on the jump rope, get your foot quickness. This is what we 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 think we see you as a ten year starter at offensive tackle." You know, he's the kind of guy that would diligently do the work. I really believe and 
and maybe show up a little bit, a little bit quicker, a little leaner. Cause he's going to take a little bit more quickness to defend yeah. the, the Hassan Reddicks of the world. And it, it, you know, maybe when they drafted him, they drafted him with the vision that, you know, he could be a right tackle for us when McGlinchey leaves. And instead of just redshirting him for redshirting him for a year, let's get him on the field. Let's play him at right guard. We can slide him over. I have no idea, but I just feel like he's a better athlete than McKivitz, better athlete than McGlinchey kind of built like a tackle played tackle. I don't know. Crazier things have worked, but we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. He's um, a good prospect either way. I mean, he's either, either way. you know, um, you know, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a phenomenal prospect. I mean, and, and in college, he was a three-year starter, mm-hmm. um, but he, you know, he was also considered kind of a poor outside pass protector. So that's why they moved him to guard. So I, I'll say this. I love uh, Burford. He's, he's got a nasty demeanor. He's physical. He's got really strong hands. So, you know, maybe he can get quicker. All right. Um, this is something I heard from someone who is connected with the Raiders. Josh McDaniel and the Raiders uh, signed Jacoby Myers, who's a bit of a slot receiver. Then apparently a report came out that Hunter Renfro is available in a trade for teams who are interested. Uh, I got a tip from someone who's connected with the Raiders that of the teams that inquired about Hunter Renfro, the Niners were one of them. Now that doesn't mean the Niners are going to trade for Renfro. Uh, John Lynch always says he does his due diligence. This could have just been, I want to know what the price is. I want to know what other people are giving up for Hunter Renfro. Don't know. But my question for you is, is this someone the Niners should target? What do you think of Hunter Renfro? Uh, They absolutely should target him, and he's exact. They really have all their bases covered. They've got Ayuk and Debo, their their star tandem. They've got big Juwan Jennings who can – be a you know has huge catch radius and almost like a tight end in the past yeah, like yeah. end, like a flexed out tight end he can run the real yeah. solid out route he's got sticky hands huge radius then you got the vertical threat in danny gray you've got the special team return guy who also could be a gadget player in ray ray and mm-hmm. then then i like tay martin but and and to me tay martin rounds out that that receiving core but what does tay do tay's got good height Really good ball skills, not great speed, but he's a real good like continuity piece. Well, Hunter Renfro would be a great guy to compete with Tay for that final spot. You know, he's a he's a continuity player. He's a guy that keeps you on the field because he runs a perfect third third and seven route, and mm-hmm. you can throw with anticipation to a spot and and know that he'll be open. Yeah, I I, mm-hmm. I think Hunter. I think. They have the speed threat, the guy who can take the top off the D. They've got their big play guys. They've got depth. They've got the return guy. The piece that they could use is either a Tay Martin or a Hunter Renfro, that possession receiver that just keeps you on the field and you just can play pitch and catch to him at will. And he has great ball skills, great hands, understands soft spots in the zone, knows where to sit down and just catches it with his hands. Very reliable. So, yeah, Hunter Renfro. I would say I wouldn't want to give more than a day three pick, probably like a six-round pick. But, yeah, Hunter Renfro would be a nice addition to the Niners. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you could get him for that. I I, I would imagine the Raiders won't just give him away. I'm not sure. that It doesn't sound like the Niners are going to get him because in, in addition to the pick they'd have to give up, they would have to give him – his cap number is like $13 million. So he'd be even more expensive than Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, um, well, but to your – it's not. It's not happening. I guess they just wanted to know what it what it would cost. But it's an interesting fit because 
if they're really going with Brock Purdy as their franchise quarterback, then Hunter Renfro is a perfect fit with him. Like Danny Gray isn't. Or Danny Gray was drafted with Trey Lance in mind. I, I don't know that Brock Purdy 2.0 coming off this surgery is necessarily going to be bombing it to Danny Gray much in the future. But Hunter Renfro, I mean, that's pretty much exactly who you would pair with a quarterback who has anticipation and accuracy over the middle. So I can see it. Also, if the Niners aren't necessarily certain that they're going to sign Brandon Ayuk long term and they're flirting with the idea of trading him because there have been reports that they're getting calls on him and they don't want to trade. So Odell Beckham's an expensive old replacement for Brandon Ayuk if they had to do that. Hunter Renfro would be a cheaper, younger replacement, although well, they're not quite the same. When's Jennings a free agent? Probably next, next year. Next year. Right? Yeah. So he, to me, Renfro is definitely insurance on Jennings uh, because point. Jennings is the is the uh, continuity piece. He's the, the yeah. chain mover and Renfro is yep. a chain mover. So yeah. maybe they, maybe they feel like um, they, you know, maybe they, I don't think they're going to cut Jennings, but maybe they feel like this is Jennings last year. Could be, and, you know, if the Niners don't get Renfro now, keep it, keep an eye on this during the season next year. Cause he's signed for a few more years with the Raiders. It's just, he got that extension before Josh McDaniels got there. I believe you. All right. More huge news. For, actually the biggest news for the 49ers. They re-signed Ross Dwelly. A lot of people thought he was going to get like a $200 million contract somewhere else, but no, he gave the Niners that hometown discount coming back. Probably a one-year deal for the minimum, I'm guessing. No, no, no. In all seriousness, seven catches the last two seasons. They don't use him. He's like a special teams guy. Why do they keep bringing Ross Dwelly back when he was like inactive on at, down the stretch and Tyler Croft was playing over him, and now Tyler Croft's gone and Dwelly's back? Tell me why. Yeah. Um, Why? He's, I mean, he's a receiving tight end with no inline blocking ability. I mean, he's that they don't throw to. Yeah. I mean, he's a good guy. He, you know, he went to a play good, special teams. Yeah. You know, he went to a good Jesuit school at University of San Diego. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I they must it. love him, though. He's a core special teamer. Um, but he basically, he only played 101 snaps on offense. <laughs> what? But he played like, 238 snaps on special teams. So, I mean, he's on their hands team on, you know, on, on onside kicks. He's a receiving threat. Um, I, I That's really, why he's on the team, for the onside kicks, for the yeah, four I, onside kicks a season. Right. I think they'll probably draft him off the team because I think they will go tight end. But, yeah. um, but I mean, they obviously like him. They like him as a movement tight end, and they must prefer him over other options. I mean, you've got Kittle, you've got Warner, who's kind of a try-hard blocker. You got Dwelly, but you really need to upgrade. Um, you know, I think at the tight end spot behind Kittle. So, you know, we'll, we'll to see. To me, it. Dwelly is just like a bigger, slower Juwan Jennings. I don't understand why he doesn't get the ball. They have the same exact skill set, really yeah. slow, but yet they get open and catch passes. I mean, I think Dwelly is a, a decent pass catching option. He just gives you no power at all as a blocker. So he's a negligent blocker. It's like, oh my god! I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna risk. Also, nothing after the catch. He gives you nothing after the catch. But he's never dropped a pass in his life. Well, he's in his got career, good hands. He always had good. Yeah, hands. yeah. And it's funny if you watch him in, in training camp. He he's slow. He's like slower than the offensive lineman. He runs a five one. He's like rumbling up, and then he does this little move, and then he gets open and catches the ball. No matter who's covering him, I don't know how he does it, but he moves in slow motion. But you know, here's the here's the bottom line. Part of having good special teams is giving your special teams coach a voice in the roster construction 
And maybe Schneider just said, Hey, look, this is one of my key special teamers. I want yeah. him back. Yeah. Um, and that could be that right there could be the reason he's back. The way he's the last person down on kick returns. I need that. I, I yeah, gotta yeah. have that. I, I need sorry. somebody I, who's I love Ross Dwelly. Yeah. No, but the real question is, are the Niners just, still in the market for a tight end? <laughs> the, no, the real question is, are the Niners still in the market for a tight end? No doubt. Yes, of course. No in doubt. the draft, it's 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 a not a generational, but it's one of the better tight end classes in a long time. Like they got to get in on this. No doubt. I mean, yeah. there's going to be great players at the tight end spot in this draft, and you know they have three thir- third round picks, a fourth round pick, multiple fifth round picks. I believe somewhere in that window, they're going to get a tight end. What about um, the Iowa tight end from this year, Sam Laporta? I like him. I like him a lot. Yeah. I, he's not Kittle, but I like him. I mean, he is not as fast as Kittle. He's not as strong as Kittle, but he's got great instincts as a receiver. Their offense was so terrible, and their quarterback was so bad that it's almost hard to evaluate him, but he still was productive. So, you know, I mean, if you watch Iowa offense, I mean, they, they – I mean, seriously, I mean, they, they treated every touchdown like a lunar eclipse. I mean, it was just it's ridiculous. Their quarterback, Spencer Petrus, was horrible, horrible. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Sorry, Spencer. So, so I, in some ways, I think Laporta we, might be a lot better than we even think because right. he was still productive in that, on that horrendous offense. Kind of like how Kittle was held back by C.J. Beathard back in college. What about right. Payne Durham from Purdue? That's I love him. He's 6'5". Okay. He's 255. Okay. He's got soft hands. I like Payne Durham a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of good tight ends. I mean, the Notre Dame kid, I guess, did not work out particularly well at the uh, Combine, so he's going to probably fall into the 20s, Michael Mayer. Okay. Dalton Kincaid is an incredible player. Uh, the, the Georgia kid made that amazing catch at the Combine, but he is just a freakish athlete at 270. So, yeah, there's a lot of good tight ends this year. Are the Raiders going to get him? Is that why they traded uh, Waller? I got to think the Raiders are going to get a tight end because not only do they Have trade to, Waller, right? I think Foster Moreau's leaving. So the Raiders are totally empty at tight end. So they're going to get somebody. Josh McDaniels is so good at tearing down a team. I feel like the reason he went to the Raiders is because he knows that Mark Davis doesn't have enough cash to really fire him and hire someone else. Like he's got right. some job oh, security got, here, right? He's got job security. He's because like I mean, no one player. likes exactly. No one likes Josh McDaniels. The, no one has anything nice to say about him. And he seems arrogant enough to think that he actually created Tom Brady. Which is a problem because he didn't. Okay. Kyle Shanahan's cat says odds on Niners waste uh, third pick or third third round pick on kicker Jake Moody. No more drafting kickers. No more drafting kickers high. Go resign resign Robbie Gold. They could have had Chauncey Gardner Johnson, but they drafted a punter. Right. No more of that. In round four. All right. Jordan Willis signed with the Raiders. This. I mean, I'm not sad because I don't root for the Niners, but I like Jordan Re- Jordan Willis. <laughs> I like Jordan Willis, and now he's gone. I feel like the Niners spent two years developing him, and I thought he was good. And I think this is a really good signing for the Raiders. What? How did the Niners not bring Jordan Willis back? I know. I, I, if what? you told me they were not going to get Ebukam or Menihu or Willis, they're Why? all leaving. I mean, it yeah. just kind of shows. This is going to be the kind of the routine is that. Chris is going to find guys that he likes. They're going to have good years in the wide nine opposite Bosa. They're going to mm-hmm. go somewhere else and get paid. I mean, that that's, that's, but I will say this. If you, I love this, this class of defensive ends and many guys that I think are going to be day, day two guys could be quite a bit better 
than what than these than Jordan Willis, than Menahue, than Ebukam. Um, there's a, there's a lot of really good edge rushers in this draft, and if they get a couple of them, you know what? They can they'll probably be just fine. Uh, but it's a very deep class for it. Only thing is, it feels like a kind of one for one trade: Jordan Willis for Cleveland Farrell, like Which is both guys. That's a bad trade. Bad what? Trade. So I'd love to hear. And again, I, w- I want to give Chris Kasarik the benefit of the doubt here. He's I'm sure he has a reason and a vision. So I'd love to know, like, what does Cleveland Farrell give you that Jordan Willis didn't? Because I actually thought Jordan Willis had potential. Not more than potential. I thought he flashed as an edge rusher. <laughs> Cleveland Farrell? What? Huh? I don't get it. Cleveland Confused. Farrell. Cleveland Farrell. Um, only thing Cleveland Farrell looks good to me is that he's he plays the run really well. Yeah, and he if does. you want to go four DNs on obvious passing downs and put him inside, he'll probably be able to stand up inside better than some of those other guys. But Jordan Willis ran four five three coming out of K State. He's much more dynamic off the edge. Yeah. Cleveland Farrell is not a dynamic edge. He's got ten sacks in four seasons. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd love to know what Jordan Willis ended up signing for with the Raiders because this feels like a bad trade for the 49ers, but if he ended up getting a lot more than Cleveland Farrell, that would explain it. Anyway, yeah. good move for the Raiders. Lonnie Johnson apparently is on the Niners' radar. Tell the good people who watch our show, who are very knowledgeable about the NFL, but may not know who Lonnie Johnson is, about him and where he, what his story is. Well, he's a kid who played at University of Kentucky. He was a corner at Kentucky um, and had all the skills coming out. And, um, you know, a lot of measurables and he's, he's got really, really crazy long arms. He's one of the NFL's best elite kick blockers. So he, that guy who comes flying off the edge and blocks the kicks, this guy's perfected it. So he's a real force as a kick blocker. He's got huge long arms. Um, he's got, he's better in zone than he is in man and he lacks some deep speed. But he's got ball skills. The nice thing is he came in as a corner, and now he's actually got experience the last couple of years playing free safety. So he's played free safety. He's played nickel. He's played outside. So what he really is is a big veteran, long-armed guy who would kind of give you flexibility going into the draft because he could cover you in any spot at free safety, at nickel, on the outside, or you could – play him at one of those other spots and draft that spot. So he would enable the Niners to kind of play the draft for the best player, as opposed to got to have a free safety or got to have a corner. So I like it. I mean, first of all, it's, you can never have enough corner depth and he's a big guy who's played outside with long arms and he's very confident. He's a cocky playmaking guy. He doesn't have huge deep speed and it's not great in man coverage. Sounds like, the kind of guy that the Niners are into. I mean, I think they're going to be playing more zone coverage with Steve Wilkes. I think D'Amico wanted to play man-to-man. That's what he was trying to do with Emmanuel Mosley and Traverius Ward. Steve Wilkes is a big zone coverage guy, and I think he wants – you've seen it with guys with length, length, like Isaiah Oliver, and I think Lonnie Johnson would fit in as well. So that might be why they're interested in him. Um, I haven't gotten good him yet, though. Here. and I, Good, good run good, player. Good player against the run. You got big corners yeah. that can come up and make plays. I mean, they lo- let's be honest. They lost some physicality and some swagger when Jimmy Ward walked out the door and when Mosley walked out the door. Yeah. They need that, especially against the run, those physical players. Last couple of years, they've lost K1, Tart, mm-hmm. Ward, Mosley. You could argue those four guys two years ago were their four most physical defensive backs. They're all They're all out of the room now. Lenore and Traverius Ward are pretty physical against the run too, but yeah, you got to keep 
I mean, Ambry Thomas isn't uh, to Sean Gibson. Mm. Yeah, they had to, they got to add some more. Womack isn't. I think that's why he lost his job. Pete Ruiz says, telling you we need Deuce Vaughn for that sixth Lombardi. Deuce Vaughn Deuce, is any- a tiny little player, but he is electric, man. He's a special team return guy. Deuce Vaughn, yeah. K-State, big time. I love athletes named Deuce. I feel like if you're an athlete and you're not getting enough playing time, just change your name to Deuce. All of a sudden, coach will be like, oh, that's my starter. Yep. His name is Deuce. Deuce McAllister. That was a great Got to play him. Deuce McAllister. All right, Danny Gray. He got basically redshirted last year, but you can't write off Niners young players, especially on offense, who redshirt because Kyle Shanahan seems to want to do that with young players. They got to learn the system anyway, and we've seen a lot of second-year players break out with uh, the 49ers recently. So Danny Gray in particular, like, what are you expecting out of him in his second season? Uh, uh, more strength, better, uh, just better play strength, better, has his feet under him a little bit more. Um, he's got the speed. And he's got the hands. He's got the confidence. It's just a little bit more strength, a little bit more awareness, a little bit more knowledge, a little bit better in, in a little bit better rhythm with the quarterback, whether it be Trey or Brock or I guess now Sam Darnold. Um, but I expect Danny Gray to have a significant NFL career. I mean, he's not just a burner. There's all kinds of guys drafted every year who just run fast. This guy's not just that. He's he's a receiver. You know, he's got good ball skills, and I think he's going to be a tremendous player. He just It just didn't happen for him. And it, I did an interview late in the year with Charvarius Ward, and we talked about all the receivers on the team, and he's like, he really likes Danny Gray. He's like, man, he'll eat up your cushion really fast with that speed. But mm-hmm. as far as just feel, route running, nuance, stop and start, all the different things that go into becoming an elite wide receiver, all the things that make it difficult to cover a guy, he's still really raw. And, he, and that came out in that interview. It seems like he's a split end on this team, an X receiver, which means that he's lined up on the line of scrimmage. And yeah, if you give him a cushion, he'll eat it up. But we saw, it seemed like last year, if you press him, you you can kind of take him out of his route because he doesn't have that initial crossover like uh, Brandon Ayuk, and he's not strong like Brandon Ayuk. So he's going to need to get stronger, to your point, to play yeah. that split end position. Otherwise, they're going to have to, you know, put him in the slot or give him, put him in motion, try to create a free release for him. But I thought down the, down the stretch, he got one one end around and picked up some yards and looked dynamic. And I thought I kept thinking like, all right, next game he's going to get two touches, and they never did that. So I'm 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 intrigued. And you know, if Trey Lance ever gets to play, maybe he starts the first two games. I'm looking back at Danny Gray because I feel like. They drafted him with Trey Lance in mind. And we saw Trey Lance hit him deep down the field in preseason. Never got to go back to him. I want to see that one more time before one of these guys has moved off this team. He's And if you talk to Shanahan about play calling, he would admit that Gray is a vitally important player because he takes the top off the defense. He makes you, yeah. he makes the defensive backs honor his deep speed. But you got to throw it to him deep and connect once for people to really honor it. And you know what? I'll say this though. At the end of the year, when you know a lot of guys just are, you know, if they're not getting reps that they're from scrimmage, they're not going to bring as much intensity on special teams. He had a what? Didn't he have a play in the playoff game where he downed a ball inside the five? Um, I believe he did. Dan- Danny Gray, you know, kept it rolling, but mm-hmm. and he's told me he said, "Man, when I get in the end zone, people are going to see I got a couple touchdown dances." So I-, I like guys who are so confident that they've already got their dance planned. Um, now it's just a matter of getting him out there and seeing it. It, it definitely seemed like he stayed locked in and didn't lose confidence despite getting buried. 
which is what happens to young guys on this team. So good for him. Corey Soto says, is this upcoming schedule the toughest since the Niners have become contenders? It's tough to really say what these teams are going to look like when we're in March, but it does look like just the travel alone is daunting. And I'm saying that as someone who has to do the travel. A lot of East Coast trips, Eastern time zone. I haven't looked at it. Who's their Who's their uh, schedule? They got they got they got Pittsburgh on the road, Philly on the road, Cleveland, Minnesota. Um, there's another one. Hmm. Washington, Jacksonville. I mean, it's just a it's a lot of six hour flights for me for Grand yeah. Cup. Yeah, that's tough too. That early time, yeah. zone, that early uh, window. Yeah, so I'm I'm sure the Niners will have a couple back to back. I think they requested, hey. If you ha- if we have two games on the East Coast, could they be back to back? Hey, could they be early in the season too? Because it's like a hundred degrees over here in Santa Clara, so I wouldn't be surprised if they started off in Philly and then stayed out there and played in Pittsburgh or something like that, vice versa. That would they be one hell of a start. They do seem like they they're connected to the league. I don't know if it's because of their stadium, but because of the heat, I know that they'd like to push for later in the year home games. But I mean, I think later in the year home games benefit you anyway, right? Or night games early on, but you, you'll see they kind of avoid those. Uh, day games in September at Levi's. They have been. AceNong29 says, if we don't start Gray and pick up Renfro, is Lance out? Don't start Gray and pick up Renfro, is Lance out? Man, that's a lot. Uh, we haven't. No. They haven't picked up Renfro yet. <laughs> no. Lance isn't out. Uh, Benny says, bros, who is the longest tendered niner now that Jimmy Ward is gone? Armstead? Armstead. It's got to be Armstead. 90, 2015. Yeah, it's definitely Armstead. Fish and Chip says not gray. It should be all about Ray Ray McLeod. Good point. Ray Ray McLeod. Can we just go back in time to when Debo was out and Ray Ray McLeod just sort of stepped in into his role uh, and killed it? Did a great job. That was. Ray Ray I mean, that happened. More. He could do more. He could do more. He's super okay. explosive. And frankly, I thought he was more explosive than Debo last year, who I thought had like a little backpack on his back all season man he had a little extra junk in the trunk last year sorry can i say that i'll say this about ray ray too he's the kind of guy some guys are small and they know they're kind of small he's like one of those guys that he's kind of small but he kind of thinks he's the baddest guy on the field he does there's no there's no in shy away there's no fear the guy plays the game with no fear no fear. I've never seen someone that little run that hard. Yeah. I've never seen that. All right. He was last topic. back in high school. In, uh, I think running back in either in high school or college. So he, he likes plays like it. Getting handed the ball on those, uh, you know, like, well, you, you, I think you're talking about the commander's game where Kyle ran him around the right edge. He got the corner at will, like a Raheem Mostert and was gone. Like Debo did two years ago and didn't really do last year. All of a sudden Ray Ray was shot out of a cannon. I was like, hold on. And it, Kyle even joked about it. He said that he was trying to motivate Debo and said that uh, Ray Ray was a better gadget player than him last year. Yeah! Yes, I agree, Kyle. You said it. You were right. Keep giving the ball. Give him the ball. What does he have to do? Go to Cabo to to get the ball? They got to the edge for a massive gainer. Never Never called it again. Never went back. I don't like that stuff. I don't like this. I feel like coaches, yeah, your job is to be really uh, creative and catch people off guard. But if you find something that works that well, you owe it to the whole organization to call it one more time before you don't win the Super Bowl that year. At least call it once. Call it once. Kyle Shanahan's cats. I want to see that a lot. Thank you. Eddie, uh, does Eddie DB have any say at the Niners these days? No. 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 Well, I mean, unless Jed calls him up himself. Say with Jed. 
if Eddie was unhappy about something, he could voice that to Jed. But Jed as far as day-to-day say of the operation, no. All right, final question. We just talked about Danny Gray, but there was a very large draft class last season. And of those players, only guys that really got on the field were Spencer Burford, Brock Purdy, and a little Jordan Mason. But that doesn't really indicate which guys are going to be really good pros, as we saw last year. Talanoa, Funga, Aaron Banks. The, the Niners have these redshirt players. Jake Brendel, who just emerged after being on the bench for one year or longer. Who do you think that breakout player will be? We, they might be more than one. Let's start listing. Uh, this is going to be the happy moment of the summer when people realize that this list is like six deep. Yeah. I'll, I'll go right down the list. Kalia Davis is special. Really Kalia special. Kalia Davis is important. So let's talk about the Niners D tackles. You got Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead, Kevin Givens, T.Y. McGill, and Kalia Davis. They're five deep. And they got Kinlaw. And Same. Kinlaw. Yeah. yeah. That's true. So, but Kalia Davis is really fast. So you're talking about a p- interior pass rusher who can close on the quarterback and sack the quarterback. So I'm really excited about Kalia Davis. Marcelino McCrary Ball, <laughs> I think, is a terrific player who can be as good as he wants to be. I mean, he he's really good. Um, and, and he's instinctive and fast, and he's the guy's – He could be the next Aziz Al-Shair, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he's yeah. really good. I, I like yeah. him a lot. I think he starts over – Demetrius Flanagan fouls in that third linebacker spot. And then yeah, I I'll, think so too. And Bur- Burks is an off- is a special teams guy too. I'm with you on that. All right, keep I'll going. give you another one that I'm just absolutely now. Maybe it's I, I love this guy too much in college, but Quantrez Knight is a player. And I don't know if he's a nickel. I don't know if he's a corner. I don't know if he's a free safety. Doesn't but matter. He's one of them. Nice. And and he's a player. And he he barely played at Quantrez. all this year. And watch out for Quantrez Knight. I mean, he's going to be really good this summer. He's going to be quicker. Do you, do you ever talk to him in the locker room? Yeah. I love him. His what dad he, follows what, me on Twitter, Tommy. When, whenever I see Quantrez, he, he tells me to call him Q. So whenever I see Q in the locker room, he says, I'm coming, baby. I'm coming. Watch out for me. I'm coming, meaning to the to the team. I'm, I'm going to make it. So he I is. love Quantrez. He went to UCLA, so I always say what's up to the UCLA players. You and know, he's and that. he is even though he was a practice squad guy, he is an I'm alpha coming. type personality. Oh, so I love Quantrez. I saw him play. I saw him play in college. I was uh, at a, yeah. a game against Stanford. I was pretty much right on the sideline, and he was galvanizing the team the whole freaking time. And they won. He wore because of Quantrez. Is twenty four. I think um, he was basically Chip Kelly's guy on defense. Like he was the leader of the defense for Chip Kelly. Really trusted him. Just a, he was he funny was though. Really I, I told football player. I went up to him and in the locker room. I was like, hey, do you know who the coach of this team was before Kyle? He was like, no. I was like, Chip Kelly. He's like, really? <laughs> so funny, man. Anyway, anyway, keep That's going. Awesome. Keep going. So those yeah. three guys for sure on defense. Absolutely. On offense, um, you know, there's a, there's a few as well. Hold on. What about Drake Jackson on defense? What about Drake Jackson? Well, Drake Jackson for sure. Gotta be. They need him. I feel like they, they're creating a super highway for him to play, right? They got yeah. rid of Abukam. No, Amenahu was all you, baby. It's all Drake you. It's going to have a huge role. He's yeah. going to have a huge role. I would think I almost, so. You know, he actually played at a, such a level this year. I, I was kind of thinking of guys who didn't Fair play. Enough. But you're Fair right. Enough. He played. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then on the other side of the ball, I mean, I expect Purdy to be quite a bit better. I, I really expect Nick, Nick Zakel to emerge this year. 
And um, don't forget Tay Martin. Tay Martin was a great receiver in college, and he just didn't get any run at all last year on this team. But he's 6'3", with really great hands, um, and he doesn't have burner speed, but he's an excellent red zone threat. And I just think he's going to be a guy that's going to score a lot of touchdowns in his career. I think there's one more. I think there's going to be one of those two running backs, either Ty Davis Price or Jordan Mason. And it depends on which one gets the opportunities. But the Niners, Kyle Shanahan's pattern is he has a new leading rusher every year. And the way he was using Christian McCaffrey last year, boy, I feel I hope nothing bad happens to Christian. But I think the the pattern is so it's going to be someone else that leads the team in rushing this year. And if if it's someone else, I don't think it's going to be Mitchell. I just Mitchell can't stay healthy. But Jordan Mason looks like a freaking tank. I I he doesn't run. He's not super fast, but he's explosive and he runs harder than just about anyone I've seen. So I would think Jordan Mason is going to. They can't help but give him the ball. Yeah. They just can't help but give him the ball. He's too good. He he's when I watch him. I mean, I don't want to put this label on him or anything, but I see kind of a little beast mode. Me too. He runs that hard. He runs angry, and running angry is different than running hard. And not that many people really do it. He does it. Yeah, he does yeah. it. Ray Ray does it at 180 pounds. God love you, Ray Ray. But Jordan Mason but, on that run, what run was that? The end of, was that regular season or playoffs? Uh, was that, the that was regular game? season Seattle. I mean, just fifty yards out to yeah, down to the five or down to the two or something. He's really good. Yeah, I, and I, I can't wait if Trey Lance ever plays. I'd love to see what these running backs, McCaffrey, Mason, even Ty Davis Price, look like. You know, in a zone read attack where the, the defense is looking at Trey the whole time and all of a sudden, up oh, he gets the ball. Because doesn't that do wonders for the running backs in, in Philadelphia? Just not even the quarterback keeping it, but just the threat. You know, I think that'll yeah, I mean, be big. Whoever's the Niner quarterback, it should be a run-heavy scheme. By the way, Georgia Tech had Jameer Gibbs and Jordan Mason. The On same the same back. team. Wow. Crazy. Did they manage to win anything or did that coach fumble no. that? Michael says, here's two dollars. Thank you, Michael. Uh fish and chips, Kyle's book title after the show. That's football. Ooh, that's I like that. That is Trey sarcastic. I like it very much. Did we just go through a whole show in 38 minutes? We might have. What about Sammy Womack? What about Sammy Womack? What about him? He almost started as a rookie. He's good. He's really He's good. good. I think yeah. Sammy Womack uh, might be an outside corner. You know, I, yeah. I, I know everybody's thinking about he's a slot guy. That's fair. You know the way he got he, the speed. He he looks like the kind of guy that could jump routes on the outside and take it back. I think Wom- I Womack was this close to a couple pick sixes this year, and I think next year he gets those. I think. I mean, we saw what Womack could do in man-to-man coverage in the slot. He was he had his back, and at least in preseason, he had his back to plays, turned around, made the catch. Like that's high-level stuff. I think the reason he lost that job is because of the run defense. I don't know. Yeah. Um. You know, and if that's the case, move him outside. Yeah, I mean, move him outside. I I just think that you know, when you can find corners that can mirror the way that he can, I mean, with four three speed, if if nothing else, he's quality depth. What did you think of the Hartsfield pickup? I'd never heard of him, but I mean, he's Steve Wilkes. He's one of like the best DB coaches in the league. I trust him. He knows him. It's probably there's no guarantee he makes the team either. It might be like the the Ross Dwelly of the um, DB, you know, room. 
I, 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 to me, Hartsfield is is like you know the old um, the old Parcells line. Hey, if you're going to ask me to cook the dinner, you should let me shop for the groceries. I mean, if you're Steve Wilkes, and you know, to me, he was like kind of an upgrade over Tarvarius, right? Tarvarius could play, he could play mm-hmm. slot, he could play, uh, you know, free safety. But in reality, he was more of a DB or more of a yeah. special teamer, special teams guy. Yeah, uh, this guy he couldn't I tackle. Think, has, more spe- more play more talent to play from scrimmage but is an equal special teamer so I, I probably gives them it's probably a better use of their depth to have a guy who can actually play from scrimmage it's kind of amazing in retrospect to think back on that super bowl team that played the chiefs and realize that Tavarius Moore was on the field like in big moments gave up a touchdown to Travis Kelsey's like Tavarius Moore that guy was not really anything for the 49ers they've they're better off without him Oh, I know. Hartsfield. What What about free agency? Are you uh, the first wave is done? They have about eight million dollars. Is there any free agent out there that you're that you would absolutely like to see them? The next John Feliciano. <laughs> well, or do you think that they can extend at all for anybody? I mean, there's Leonard Floyd. There's Frank Clark. There's. I'd love it to be that. But it, um, it, it, look, if it's not Leonard Marcus Floyd, they better have someone real explosive, uh, an edge rusher that they're drafting. They got to have a targeted edge rusher, either in free agency. So maybe if they wait another week and Leonard Floyd has no market, they can get him. But yeah, Leonard Floyd would be freaking perfect. If the Niners got Leonard Floyd, I would look at them a lot differently because Drake Jackson, if I, I don't, is he an interior rusher or an edge rusher? I, it seems like most of his sacks in college and in the NFL came through, you know, the middle either through a stunt or just lining up as an interior rusher. So who is the D Ford of this defense? They haven't replaced him. He's important. Who is that? Leonard Floyd. They got to add a couple guys. They got to add a couple guys. Probably one, at least one in free agency, probably two or three in the draft. But edge rusher is going to be the need in the draft. You got to think. And it's a great draft for edge rushers. So they might be sitting, sitting in a good spot. But it seems like, you know, you could get, like, to your point, you could get, there's like three or four edge rushers hanging around on the free agent market right now who are good. Yeah. Not so with right tackles. So it's always harder to get the right tackle. I don't know how, the, probably got to get that in the draft and figure it out, but psh, you could get the, the edge rusher right now. But it seems like by letting Jordan Willis go and Amenahu and Ebukam and only signing Farrell, who's a run defender, the Niners are really hoping Drake Jackson hits. So maybe, maybe he'll be Alden Smith next year. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I should either. Either they're looking for him to have a huge second year, or they still have a significant free agent defensive end coming, or there's they like somebody in the draft a lot. But they'll have a number of picks. I mean, they should be they should be good, really good rushers there in the third round. All right, we just did a quick show today. It's all right. That's okay. Hey, what do you got going on today? The rest of the the rest of the day, the rest of the week. Um, well, t- tonight I'm going to come on after the Warriors Houston. If the Warriors lose tonight, they're pretty much freaking cooked. So we got, is that. it in Houston? It's in Houston. Yeah. In Houston. And they're struggling. You know, there's Warriors can't beat anybody on the road at all. Um, but yeah, if you, far- if you were a gambler, would, would you bet on, would you ever bet on the Warriors to win a road game this season? No, they're seven, no. they're like seven and 30 or something like that. How do you account for that? Um, they're digging themselves holes and then they're, they don't have enough offensive firepower. So they just, you know, they, they, they fall, they fall behind. And then all of a sudden you throw extra bodies towards Steph Wiggins has been out. 
They just don't have any good real big time firepower. It doesn't, you know what it is, is that in the NBA role players can score at, at home, but they just, for whatever reason, role players cannot score on the road. So they've got, you know, normal, they, they need some, some of their secondary players to provide points for them to win games and they do it at home and they don't do it on the road. They just also seem like a really small kind of exhausted team. Like they don't really have a center. And so on the road, they just feel like they're cha- they're chasing rebounds. They're giving up offensive rebounds. They, they're giving up wide open threes. They just look exhausted all the time on the road. I don't know. Maybe that's just the way I see it. But at home, it's always easy to be pumped up with your crowd there. But on the road, the Warriors just look tired and upset and frustrated like they're not really a team. Maybe it's because Draymond punched that guy in the face. I don't know. They also look. They also look real. They're falling behind. They're getting wasted early in the first quarter, and then they're having to use all this, expend all this energy to come back. So um, also, Wiggins not being there really hurts. He's really you know, hurts. Yeah, and also they just don't have a lot of firepower. Some of these teams have a lot more. I mean, you know, the Lakers, the Kings. Some of these teams yeah. actually have more firepower than Golden State, especially. You know, with Curry out, with Wiggins out, you know, it's like they they just don't have this much firepower. I mean, I like DiVincenzo, but you know, now this the uh, the Wiseman CP two trade or GP 2s trade, I should say, didn't look very good because Wiseman's playing well. Corey Soda says, "You see Purdy having sophomore breakout after UCL? Eh, I mean, anything's possible. We don't really know what he's going to be like this year. Well, I mean, could his- be Trey." Yeah, I mean his t- his that that elbow injury is all about his ability to throw, but your ability to throw is just a tiny tiny part of the equation. And the where I'm seeing the improvement is look at Matt Matt Ryan went from totally average to the MVP of the league in year two. Um, it takes a while to digest Kyle's offense. Brock did a nice job, but I gotta think that if you put him an entire off season in this offense everything is vast as it is that he's going to be quite a bit better uh just breaking everything down so i'm i'm expecting some mental improvement fish and ship says in 23 don't call kyle uh coach anymore anything but he's not coach kyle was he cabo kyle what is he karate kyle yeah what are we calling him flat flat cap kyle (laughs) all right that's the show thank you very much everyone for watching i'll be back tomorrow with my pops Go watch Larry. Go vote for Larry. Me and him. Heads up. No, vote for me. Are you kidding? Vote for me. I better prevail. I better prevail.